You are listening to Robert Miller's Follow Your Dream. I am John Halliwell. I am on the show, and you should listen to it. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream, and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 200 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Dave Dawson, a guy who knows how to have fun. He's half of D&D Philpot, the team that writes crazy, silly, funny, tongue-in-cheek letters, real letters, I might add, the kind that require stamps to rock stars of all persuasions, goofing on their songs and lyrics and meanings. The surprising part is that many of these artists actually write back, and they all join in the fun. The new book that Dave has is called Dear Mr. Popstar, and it's already a hit on Amazon. We'll show you what I mean using artists and excerpts from the book for things like Starship and The Knack and a few others. And as you know, in every episode of this podcast, I feature a song of mine underneath the introduction and at the end, and I always try to pick something that's relevant somehow. And in this instance, I've chosen the song The Podners from my album East Side Sessions. I've been waiting since I started this podcast to find the right guest to feature this song. I chose it today because it's almost as wacky as D&D Philpot. It's a song about two partners in the Old West, in the U.S., where one cheats on the other and the one who's cheated seeks revenge. And for the video of this song, we actually found a 1968 Italian spaghetti western movie, which somehow fit the plot to this song. You gotta see it. The links are in the show notes to this episode. So Dave Dawson, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast, baby. It's a pleasure to be here, Robert. Absolute pleasure. I found you through John Halliwell, who's in this book. I thought, I've got to contact this guy. It's a great fit. Thank you so much for contacting me. John Helliwell is a great, great player. He's a saxophonist, and he guested on my new album, Bobby M. and the Paisley Parade, and he's a guy that I love. So anybody that does business with John Helliwell, I had to get in touch with. Fantastic. All right, so you got this new book, Dear Mr. Popstar. <laughs> this is one of the craziest books that I ever read. I didn't read the whole thing because it goes on forever, but I did read an awful lot of it. And you've got this this shtick where you, you write these letters and they're all nutty and tongue in cheek and off the wall. I love that completely. And you get these people to write back, which is also nutty as can be. First, tell us how you got the idea for this book, and then we're going to go read a few of these things. Yeah, that's great. The backstory is really, really, you know, great. I'm a musician by trade, Robert. I've been working on the cover circuit for the past 30 years, 
and my obsession is music. It's, it's, it's my whole life. I just adore music. But my dad knows nothing at all about music and doesn't have any care for it. So whereas you or I would listen to Paint It Black by the Stones and go, you know, you treat it with reverence and say, this is the same pen that bought us Sympathy for the Devil and the same pen that bought us, you know, Excellent on Main Street. My dad doesn't care. So if I play him Paint It Black, he'll say, well, he sees a red door and he wants to paint it black. He's got to make sure that he's got a strong undercoat on there, otherwise it's going to turn purple. He doesn't care it's the stones. Or he'll listen to the Duran Duran and say, hungry like the wolf. Why is he isolating starvation to, to, to wild dogs? Why can't it be starving like the starling or peckished like the panda or famished like the ferret? And I thought these observations were so funny. And he, he doesn't know whether it's a band that played the Wembley Stadium or a band playing in their shed. He just looks at the lyric. So... I thought this was so funny that I would play in records from this angle of ignorance and innocence, and I would write down his observations, put them into letters, and then the first thing we did was we stuck them on this little website, which and then we built up this hardcore fan base on Facebook, only only about 100 people, and we thought it was funny enough that these things were just hanging there in cyberspace, but one day one of our fans said, I'm the hairdresser of the bass tech of this band, would you like a reply from this artist? And I thought, geez, if this can be interactive, no one's ever done that before. And from that, it started to grow exponentially. We had like roadies and bass techs and cousins of guitarists putting them, putting us straight back through the back door of the industry in, into the artist's hands. And uh, we didn't use management. We, we just did it through word of mouth. And then the artists started to tell each other. So, you know, we'd have like Nick Kershaw saying to Tears for Fears, if you get a letter from these guys, you know, it, it, it's OK, they're OK. But we always teed up the artists beforehand. We wouldn't just write the letter. We would just say to them, look, we were put in touch with, we, we were put in touch with you by ex-artist. This is what we do. Just pretend that we're that bloke that's managed to barge his way backstage with a laminate. No one knows how he's got it. And he starts to shout at you about your songs and get completely the wrong idea. And the artist would say, oh, Christ, I know that guy. Yeah, I've seen that guy. And we say, well, this is your chance to fight that guy. <laughs> and so it's all done in the open and there's no trickery. And we, we, we built it up so far. We had so many replies that in 2015, I'd already taken it to 100 publishers, Robert. No one was interested. I don't know why. But in 2015, my dad said, how many friends have we got on Facebook? I said, we've got about 5,000 now, Dad. And he said, listen, just ask, ask them all for £10 to, to, to fund the book. And I said, they're not really your friends, Dad. He, and he said, what, that they say they're my friends? And that's what we did. So we, we raised like £15,000 to put this really good quality book out. And the, the reaction was just incredible. And then in 2018, we were picked up by a major publisher. And again, we, we, we crowdfunded and we put that book out. But I like the fact that with the first book, we did it from like the, the front room. So our fan base said to us, I know an editor, I know a print designer. And we, we actually, I, I had the books delivered to my front room. We had 2000 books delivered to the front room. We addressed them and we sent them off. But after we were with the major publisher, 
I thought to myself, well, I really like the fact that this is quite homely and quite cottagey and quite traditional. So we got the rights back from the publisher and we've just put the book out ourselves this week with like 50% extra replies. Do you know what I mean? We wanted to be like really homely and not not with a major and just really because people like us just just because we're ordinary. It's a it's a very personal kind of tongue in cheek type of approach. It's not you know, a mainstream kind of book. And that's what makes it so interesting. That's why people love us. And the artists say to us again and again and again, they say to us, if you had been some mainstream journalist or some big guy, we wouldn't have engaged with you. We just knew from the tone of the emails and from the tone of the letters and, and from the tone of the people that recommended us that you are literally just doing this from your front room and you're just a couple of ordinary guys. A couple of ordinary nutty guys. That's you got to add that in there, of course. We're English. That we're oh. English. We're all nutty. We're English. Hi, everybody. This is your host, Robert Miller. I'm pleased to tell you that I've got a new album called Bobby M and the Paisley Parade. It features 10 new songs, plus guest appearances by John Helliwell of Supertramp, Tony Carey of Rainbow, and international sitar sensation Deobrat Mishra. The album has a definite 60s vibe, and the theme of the record is all about relationships and love. It may just be my best album ever. The reviewers agree. Indie Shark calls it album of the year. Big Celebrity Buzz says it's one of the great rock sets of the year. And Pop Icon calls it an adventure that keeps us on the edge of our seats. How about that? And for me, the icing on the cake is the praise that the album has received from world-class musicians like Steve Hackett of Genesis, Gary Puckett of The Union Gap, Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul and Mary, Jim McCarty of The Yardbirds, and David Liebert of The Happenings. I'm going to release the 10 songs on the album in a novel way, in five special episodes of this podcast, featuring two songs in each one. So be on the lookout for these special episodes of Bobby M. and the Paisley Parade. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this podcast and please sign up for our weekly emails previewing each episode and much more. The links are all in the show notes. I want to thank you for listening and keep on rocking. All right. I don't want to keep teasing the audience here. They got to hear some of this stuff. I want to start off with the first one just because I love this one so much. Okay. It was just the one that popped out at me. This was a letter that was written about the song, We Built This City on Rock and Roll by the group Starship. Okay. And I'm not going to read the whole letter. I'm going to try and excerpt it as best as I can. But this gives you an idea of the way Dave does these things. So the letter starts out, I have just listened to your soft rock anthem, and it appears that you expect me to believe 
that you have successfully completed possibly the most ludicrous design project in the history of architecture. <laughs> Any construction, be it as little as a shed, requires a solid bedrock, typically embedded into at least three feet or so of soil. And it goes on and on. And if you could tell me perhaps the, the World Wide Web's Google Earth or the Automobile Association's superb route finder service to this no doubt wondrous spectacle. So he's, you're raising this whole question of how could you build a city on rock and roll? And then the response comes back, are you a complete and utter fool? <laughs> Which, <laughs> I love that as the first line. Anybody with a modicum of common sense realizes that when the Trogs sang Wild Thing, Andover was born. When the Beatles crooned Love Me Do, Liverpool became center stage. And where would Memphis be today without Elvis's Hound Dog? So it is plainly obvious that our cities were clearly, undoubtedly built on rock and roll. <laughs> Too much. What we always say is, the, the letters are the bread, but the replies are the jam. So we're like baiting them to come back with replies as good as that. And when, when I do get a reply as good as that, I go, I put my hands up and say, job done, mission accomplished. That's exactly what we wanted, you know? Totally mission. We're still friends with Mark. We're still friends with a lot of the artists afters. We keep in touch. And they always come back and they say, I pretended to be angry, but I love you really. That's great. All right, you take the next ones. Do the knack, my Sharona. Okay, well, what we did with the knack is we pretended that we thought that um, it was about a car. Okay, so what we said with the knack, we said, Dear the knack, re my Sharona, we have a female mechanic. While she is not an unattractive lady of the younger kind, I would certainly not address her as my little pretty one. I personally find this to be very inappropriate. When I telephone her Tyrant Auto Centre, she will also give me some time to attend to all manner of repairs to my Nissan, and I always get it up to the garage as quickly as I can after coming off the line. Just last week, she told me that she could make my motor run, my motor run again, by replacing a dodgy fuel pump, assuring me that it was never going to stop giving it up for at least 100,000 miles. Sadly, Lanak, I think you'll be taken for a ride, and your best advice to transfer your custom to Carstar. And um, he came back and he said, Dear Mr. Philpot, greetings from Sully, California, where we are no strangers to cars or car songs for that matter. On that note, perhaps I could clear up a misconception or two. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it, my Sharona is not a car song. I admit that Toyota Sharona would be a plausible name. And in fact, this was the original name for the song. <laughs> We still haven't got a national commercial from the company yet, and it's a lingering sore point. But Sharona is not, I repeat, not an auto mechanic. She's not a mechanic of any sort. She's a realtor, if you must know. When we inform her in our ditty that, that she makes our motor run, it is a tip of the cap to the great car songs, a metaphor, if you will, for doing it. But we went the elusive route. Um, I hope I've cleared up any confusion, and I'm only happy to do so. Have you considered that as a possible reason for your difficulties with the slightly lo lovely Joanne, that you guys have been driving on the wrong side of the road? Yours in the spirit of hands across the water, Burton. Too much. And you will never hear that record the same way again. That's exactly right. You will not. All right, go to Super Tramp next. Yeah. 
I mean, you say we're bonkers. Jeez. The reply we got from this was absolutely insane. This was from your friend. This was from your friend, Mr. Halliwell. I'm just looking for the page that it's on. Uh, super tramp. I've got it. Okay. I, I mean, I thought our, our letter was quite normal considering what, what John came back with. But this is what we said to super tramp. <laughs> Dear Uber Vagabond, crossed out. Excellent down and out, crossed out. Dear super tramp. Although it is not exactly the crime of the century, I feel compelled to bloody well write, expressing my dismay at your anti-monogamy monologue. Your impartation that your girlfriend is the only one you've got, along with mixed messages concerning whether or not she should be surveyed, alludes to a predisposition towards infidelity. And if I were you, I would be most wary of leaving my phone unattended on the breakfast table, lest my kippers be tampered with as a result. Please give a little bit of time to address my concerns. Yours, hoping that you do not find my observations illogical or absurd. D. Philpott. I like the way, if you haven't figured it out yet in the audience, they work in lines from songs and song titles into these letters. And that makes it even funnier. Yeah, we do that on purpose. There are, there are Easter eggs. So the reply said, Dear Mr. Philpott, my master, Lord Stackhouse, sometimes known as J.A. Halliwell, of the popular music combo Supertrank, was intrigued and amused by your cogitations on the said ensemble's attitude towards anti-monogamy, as supposedly expressed in the much-loved Breakfast in America. He wishes to point out that Mr. Charles Roger Pomfret Hodgson, sometimes known as Roger Hodgson, and that's Mr. Hodgson to you, dreamed up the sentiments in the above ditty whilst in a 70s-inspired stupor well before setting his foot into the, into the land of the brave and the free. It transpires that his mother, a notable eccentric, was prone to wearing an exotic bikini in the summer months made entirely of kippers, hence his inquiry as to the availability of the said cured herring in the panhandle, concluding that because of the vast resources of oil, the affluent residents no doubt could afford to change their summer attire frequently, thus ensuring that should he, on a future occasion, take the esteemed Mrs. Hodgson there, she would be able to, to dress appropriately on a daily basis. Sincerely, Vince McCall, factatum to the famous. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Is right. All right. Go to Herman's Hermits. I love this one. This had to do with the song No Milk Today. It's on oh, yeah. page 97 of your book. I had it written down. Oh, thanks down a lot, mate. You, you just, okay, 97. Okay. And he, yeah, he loved it. So 97. What we said to Herman's Hermits was really quite simple, very short. Dear Herman's Hermits, no milk today will do your metabolism no good. By skipping a healthy cereal, something tells me you will be into something less good, such as a cholesterol-raising fryer. And then Peter Noon said, I'm afraid you've misunderstood. My love, at least first thing in the morning, is tea. And as I'd run out of Tetley and couldn't get down to the shops for a bit, I thought I'd save a few pence and skip a day, settling for a black coffee and some Marmite on toast instead. Peter Noon. Listen, it's great when they, they get it and they respond and they play along with the whole thing. That's what makes this thing work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, the ones that get it really get it. Some artists say to us, look, 
the replies you've had are so brilliant that I don't think I can actually. You, the the other artists have raised the bar so high. I don't think I can compete. I love your work, but I prefer not to get involved. One very famous artist said to me, "I've got all your books, and the thing is, I love watching westerns, but I don't want to be involved in the gunfight myself." As to if to say, "I'm just walking away. I'm just enjoying it," you know. I can't do better, so I'm going to walk away. I like that. All right, let's do one more. Let's do 10cc. That's on page 107. Yeah, okay. That was... Yeah, that was replied to by... Are you aware of Duncan Mackay, Robert? Go ahead, explain. Yeah, he, he played he played on the first three Kate Bush albums, and um, he's, he's, he's a session... He's, he's, he's like this session genius. His CV is very, very large. He's he's played with loads of artists, and I didn't think he'd come back. But he again, he came back and he absolutely loved it. So what we said to Ten CC was very simple. We said, "What what, what page did you say?" One oh seven. One oh seven. Okay, here we go. Dear Ten CC, eBay have just dispatched to me a used H Samuel gentleman silver bracelet from the Caribbean, a long way from home. I am confused, as I didn't think they had overseas branches. I've looked it up and down a bit, and there is an engraving on the back, which has been crudely scratched out. It reads, to name eligible in 10cc, from mum. I was wondering if you wanted to take it off my hands. Yours, the Philpot. To which Duncan says, listen, I don't know who you are or whether you're trying to stitch me up, but I believe this is stolen property. And as such, I will not get involved in whatever your scheme may be. Please do not contact me again. Otherwise, I will have to report you to the management. And those guys really know how to screw you over. Duncan Mackay. All right. I tell you, the book is really hilarious. You got so many of these things. You got so many different artists from all around the world. I take my hat off to you that you were able to do this, keep at it, and get all these hysterical responses. Good for you. It's a pleasure. We do it. As I said to you at the beginning, Robert, do you know who Rupert Hine is? He was he was the Rush producer. Rupert Hine was a world a world famous producer. He was he's in this book and he attended our book launch and he said, You've tapped in to a mischievous side that all famous musicians have that we don't get a chance to really display so you've given us a chance as a gateway to crash through that and just reveal our funny sides and as soon as you know that your favorite pop star has got a sense of humor what are you going to do you're just going to love them even more aren't you yep well listen i thank you so much for being on this podcast it's a pleasure to you know to have you on to have you discuss all of this and and give us some of these letters the name of the book again is dear mr pop star We've been speaking with Dave Dawson, who is half of D&D Philpot, <laughs> the authors of this thing. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dave. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Robert. Great fun. All right. And now we're going to listen to that song that started the episode. It's my song called The Partners. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com.
partners on the trail I started out as a fan But he cheated me out of the latest haul Stole it all and made me sore So I tracked him down all over the town In order to even the score Ha, 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 ha. 